Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. Friday, 11.35, that means Tech Talk. Brought to you by our good friends at Hamilton Limousine. Uh, Adam Oldfield, the president and CEO of FPM and FPM3 Marketing, is with us as per usual. You're just uh, <laughs> giving me a little... Uh, run around here about, about phones. We were looking at phones the other day. Yeah. We were over at Best Buy and uh, looking at this. Uh, this is uh, antiquated now. This is like the iPhone 6. I mean, this was made, what, in the 1800s? I yeah, mean, right? I was going to say that's that's going way back with the Cantel version phone. I, I, yeah. yeah, but uh, listen, but you're telling me that, that there's so many things happening right now that yeah. anybody's in the market right now looking for another phone, whether it's a, an iPhone or anything else. Uh, you're, you're suggesting that maybe wait a little bit because there's a lot of new stuff coming on the market this year. You know what? They made the announcement that Apple has, they've got three new phones coming out that will be in the next year that you can expect to see. And what's interesting about the fact that they're going to be doing these three new phones is that the X has not been doing as well as they originally had hoped. It, In fact, I can honestly say it's not doing well at all. And the numbers... Do you think price is a factor, maybe? <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, it was funny. I posted recently that, you know, I found uh, an old commercial, an actual can- Cantel commercial, and what made it made me laugh was it said, starting at seven ninety nine, and it was the box phone. And, uh, and I was thinking to myself... This didn't even come with text messaging. I mean, it was like you had to carry around a battery box with it. And it gave you, uh, I think it was less than 45 45 minutes of talk time, I think is what you got on the Cantel original. So, yeah, price is going to be definitely a a factor when it comes to uh, uh, when you're looking at a phone. But I think the other element is Apple came out with two phones that had variable interest. One was much less than the other, and that's the iPhone 8. And then they leaped to the 10. And even with myself, I use the, uh, I'm on the Note 8, and I was showing you one of my, you know, the other phone I have is the 5. And one of the factors of, of both of these is the Note 5 still has a physical button. And I haven't got over the confidence yet on my Note 8 where I have to hold the screen down on a button to make, to turn it on. And I think on the X, the quality, the quality is, is far none. The most amazing visual you will ever probably see on a phone. It's got the 4K OLED, but for that price, is it really worth the risk of maybe where's the buttons? And I mean, there is, there is something to feel and touch when you're actually trying to uh, type. It took Took me a while uh, trying to get used to typing on a glass screen. I think you mentioned a BlackBerry was still and, and a yeah, preference of what we yeah, missed, we, right? Yeah, we noticed that, and it, yeah. it, 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 it just felt sort of uncomfortable. I don't know. It's, it's hard to describe, but it, yeah. and I know it's a little bit different. Uh, he was showing us the 10 and the 8, and, yeah. and this guy told us of the story. He says, actually, he says, if you want my honest opinion, he says, I think the 8's a better phone. The 8 is the number one seller. People are going, like, it's still going well. And I, I think we're going to see with Apple right now, the 10, it didn't take off as much as it wants. Price has definitely got to be a heavy yeah, factor. Yeah. That's that's definitely key. And when you look at the features, and you know that next year, we're going to be seeing some really amazing new products coming on the line. The S9 is going to be announced very, very shortly. Uh, they're going to take everything from the S8 and the, and the, uh, the Note 8 and just up it completely a whole new level. What I mean by that is the fingerprint scanner. That was a big issue, number one. Number two, in the glass itself, they've got the fingerprint scanner directly into it. So, you know, one of the features of the button on the 8 and on the uh, on the S8 is the fact you were able to actually put your finger over the button and the fingerprint scanned. Yeah. And the new ones had a little bit of an issue because you put your finger over the camera lens and then you smudge it. That was a big issue. Um, so this is going to be a real big thing when, I, when we look at what are your options for next year if you're thinking, and I give you this advice and Rebecca, but I tell anyone, I'm thinking about getting a new phone right now. Get the iPhone 8 if you really want to get a quality phone and 
Atlanta and one that you give yourself a good two to three years. Or if you can wait this year, it's going to be a, a great option for you to consider is is there's going to be a lot of really good options that are going to be coming up. Okay, so we've got that settled. Now, about, <laughs> about my dial-up problems on my home computer. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 2,400 baud, really? Yeah, no, yeah. Really, we need to really up that game, yes. Anyway, I just. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about Bitcoins. Yes, yeah, a lot of talk about Bitcoin. And let me go over some some of the things that are happening right now. First of all, it we know the, uh, the rise of the Bitcoin. Uh, it, it went from like, you know, 10 cents up to now uh, $15,000 to $18,000. Now it's settling in around that 11 to 12, and, and it's got you know discussions of possibly even falling further. Um, you know, just to give you a perspective, in 2010, in 2010 when, when we saw the Bitcoin on the market, and I actually had a few in the, in the kitty, there was a time when a kid in Florida bought a pizza in 2010. I thought this was relevant. To give you a perspective of the increase of, of, of cost in eight years, he paid for two pizzas using Bitcoin. And at the time, it cost him 10,000 Bitcoins to buy two pizzas in Florida. Today... Those pizzas would be worth $141 million. I thought that was pretty comical when you take a look at, you know, this currency of which maybe didn't seem to have a lot of value, which I didn't see it as valuable. But uh, it's worth millions. The thing that I wanted to share is that we're hearing homes are being sold with Bitcoin. And just for people that are still learning, how does it work? Here's why it's not going to be successful with Bitcoin. We've already heard that Stripe, which is an online broker that mm -hmm, converts yeah. your funds, no longer are accepting Bitcoins. And let me tell you why. Number one, when you're using a Bitcoin and it's like using your pay system when you use your phone, you have a transaction fee. You pay with, you know, uh, uh, interact, direct, uh, direct you, you pay with a credit card. There's usually a transaction fee. On Bitcoin, just to give you an idea, if you used Bitcoin to buy a cup of coffee, 0. 0.0001 Bitcoins, and you wanted to buy a cup of coffee, it will cost you $50 in transaction fees. So... Where's it's almost as much as I paid the bank. <laughs> it makes the bank look cheap. Yeah, yeah. So, and it takes right now with Bitcoin because you're decrypting and then transferring and, and basically uh, listening. It will take almost 20 minutes to make that $1.30 purchase with a $50 transaction fee. And by the way, that $50, that's cheap. It depends on what service you have out there that they're going to be uh, uh, ranking up up to $500 is what they're transferring. So when you think about one Bitcoin's worth $15,000, you know, $500 really isn't that much of a transfer fee. <laughs> so they're taking a big, uh, big chunk of money. So Bitcoin has a big problem. And one of them is, in my opinion, we're not going to, until they determine what is the right Bit currency to go with that is safe and secure, the transaction costs are just way too high to be able to manage small purchases. So are more people going to bail out then? I, I think we're going to see it come down and we're going to see the price of the Bitcoin get more reasonable in regards to value based on the fact that no one could be able to use it in general purchases. High level purchases, yes, for sure. When we're talking about large ticket items to buy, like a vehicle, a house, uh, that's where I can see the value comes in. But Again, if you're going to make a purchase based on a percentage of transaction fee and it's going to cost you $5,000 to transfer uh, 1,000 Bitcoins, 
you might actually go, you know what, maybe I'll just use cash. All right, uh, lots of other stuff, and I know that uh, a week or so ago you started talking about a lot of the uh, stuff that was at the Las Vegas uh, Tech Show yeah, and some yeah. interesting products. <laughs> yes. uh, talk to me about Fall Skip. You know what, I, I thought these were really cool. There's, uh, I love medical, and we talk about that with tech a lot. This yeah. is like, um, there's a couple products that we're going to be involved w- with regards to falling. I mean, falling's a big issue. Gravity's a terrible thing on, the, on this planet. I don't know how they're going to fix it, but what they've got are safe fails that are going to be technologically there to save us as humans as we get older. And we do have an aging population, as you know, and one of them is the capability of having a device that straps around you and it knows when you're going to fall. It actually will preemptively prepare you for that moment of which you're going to trip. And I mean, most of us just kind of, it happens and we're like, oh my God, I fell and skinned my knee. Now what's going to happen is there'll be warning bells. It will actually trigger your body into a motion to say, you're probably going to fall. And as such, and I'm not talking about tripping on a, on a stump or a step or something. I'm talking when your legs give out or, you know, your knees, they buckle or yeah. the, the weight of your body. It actually triggers a lot of mechanisms that make your, uh, make your balance tend of kilter, if you will. So the system actually will monitor your nerve endings. It will know when your body's about to say, you're going to, you're basically going to fall. And, uh, and it will then trigger that moment of which gives you a little jolt to say, grab something, hang on. <laughs> it's almost like that warning mechanism. Warning, you're about to fall down. So it gives you that chance to kind of prepare yourself to uh, uh, control. The other one is, let's just say you do fall. There's now airbags and it works like a strap where you can wrap yourself around like a belt. And what happens is when you actually start to decline and fall, the airbags around your waist deploy and you now have an airbag around your waist, which again, for seniors in the aging population will be so advantageous because you hear so many people break their hips. I mean, constantly, it's a big issue. So airbags for your hips and a mechanism to advise you, you're going to fall. It's now available. Uh, our, our family skis. I'm going to get them all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the airbags are just going to be deploying constantly. Yeah, just constantly. Bill. You're really? just going I up mean... and down the hill with this thing. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to work or not. <laughs> the warning will go off as you're going up the ski hill. Speaking of skiing and winter sports and, and the Olympics and everything, we were talking uh, you, a number of products about virtual yeah. reality, and apparently the U.S. team is actually using this to train. I thought this, you know what? You hear about them using it in advance for training. What yeah. they're doing is actually, in my opinion, genius. So all the team goes on the hill. They strap the helmets and they got their VR cameras and all the angles on and they ski aggressively, uh, not too aggressive that they're going at their fastest pace. But what they do is they go down the path of which the course is. They use that video back inside the United States and they go into a virtual system that has the uh, Oculus VR and it has all the motions in place with a, a conveyor belt where they can actually strap themselves in and it will then give them the sensation of the hill. All the nooks, the crannies, based on the fact the hill will be in pristine condition and during the Olympics. Yeah, so but when they actually go and, they actually and race go in the Olympics, yes. they already know the hill. They know you, every little... Yes. You could have five people training at the same time going down the hill in their virtual environments versus one at a time. So this is interesting that we can now utilize virtual reality and environment that gives them the perspective of, of how, to, how to experience actually going down the hill. That's a cool idea. I'm, I'm surprised more countries and more teams aren't doing it. I think they didn't. The, we knew VR 
is, is, as we said last year, it's starting to become more and more engaged from pilot training, doctor training. Now we're talking about the Olympics. Uh, I know, well, Michelle and I, were actually going to be doing uh, skydiving. Uh, that's one of our things we'll be doing next week. So uh, we got the uh, uh, that little skydiving uh, 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 certificates out at iFly. And, you know, one of the options is you strap on the VR helmet and you do two minutes of skydiving in, in the tunnel. And um, I'll be able to give you a little high perspective as to how My, that rolls. Are so, you serious? Yeah, yeah. So I have a quick funny story was I, I got this from Michelle a year ago and when I first got it, I was all excited and it was a Christmas present and as a joke I, I read it and as I'm you know reading the small print that says you can't be pregnant, you can't be drunk, you can't be you know all the little and one of them was a little caveat that said you can't be more than 230 pounds. I'm like damn. I'm like, I was not in pristine condition to be able to. So, yeah, they have to turn on an extra wind turbine to be able to keep me in the air. So, anyway, yeah, we're going to be doing a skydiving in, uh, in another week. I can give everyone a high level of what was that like? So, from a technology standpoint. Or give us a first-hand idea of how our healthcare system is working, one or the other. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you highlights on that. Here's hoping. Uh, what's, what's going on with quantum? Well, right now, we have privacy issues. We know privacy is a big, big factor. We're hearing about it with Apple, with the uh now the Apple Watch, how much medical information is going to be on there. One thing is that when we're surfing the internet, and I think we spoke about that before, you search for something, you happen to search for whatever, maybe a tie, or you're looking at a, a vehicle, a type of vehicle, and all of a sudden you're, you know, looking at the uh, CHML website, and all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, you know, like there's that tie I was just looking at, or that vehicle I was searching for. Well, right now Firefox might be that option of browser you want to go to, and the reason why is that it's called Quantum, and when you upgrade now with Firefox, it's absolutely free, uh, it's an open source browser and one thing I love about Firefox is that they've always developed for the reasons of which people want so number one is that you're going to use quantum to be able to help your privacy it will block your ads it will block your visits it's almost like a virtual VPN a virtual private network right inside the browser itself so if you're looking for or if you have concerns about what you're using or who's tracking you and what are they doing with it then this might be an option because Google by the way announced uh, again, against anyone's will or knowledge, that even though you shut off your location device, it still tracks you through Bluetooth. And this is something which they just made the announcement that, yes, we do. We actually will track your mobile device using Bluetooth. So this is something of which I find is a big issue because Google is a pretty big engine. Um, you know, it's in your browser. It's in your operating system. And no matter what, they're tracking what you're doing. So your options now are available. You can go to Firefox, download it. Uh, there's another one called DuckDuckGo. Uh, I know it's a terrible name and it's duck is in quack, 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 go. And it is a mobile option. And that's another consideration. If you're using your mobile browser on your phone, use uh, use this one. It gives you 100% uh, cookies, your history, gives you that privacy you may be seeking. All right, news from uh, Netflix. Uh, so I don't have to go through this tedious exercise of <laughs> clicking through all the profiles to get to mine. You know, Netflix gives everybody in the household their opportunity to keep a little history of yeah. what you watched last. Would you, you know, what do you want to see? What's your favorites and so forth? Well, Google Home, talking about Google knowing everything, just announced that they now will allow, with their voice recognition, to identify who you are. So that way, when you say, uh, I won't say it out loud because it's almost like the, you know, uh, a forbidden word, but the, you know, 
okay, Google, uh, it will actually prompt that voice to know it's you. So now it will automatically through Netflix with Google Home, you can now not have to select your profile. It will automatically know your profile for you. Very cool. It is actually pretty neat. You know, was, I was at a restaurant with a client last night and we sat down and what he said it, I said it, and my phones were actually came up and said, I don't recognize that voice. But everybody's phone was turning on when you said the words, uh, <laughs> The, the okay, Google. So I don't want to say it too aloud because I have about yeah, four phones. They're, they're all yeah, go they will all now. turn on and go, how can I help you? Yeah. So yeah, you got to be careful when you say those two words right now. It's almost like uh, that guy from uh, Harry Potter. You know how you can never say the name? You yeah. Know? Never, say the, never say the words to turn your Google on. Um, okay. Uh, I just No, I was going to mention his name, but I don't. I might incur the wrath of the Death Eaters. Uh, nobody likes putting the garbage out. No. So anything you can do to try to make that a more efficient system. Yeah. And, and talk to me about Titan. Okay, so this is something I thought was neat. This isn't so much technology more than it is a great invention. When I saw this, I thought it was pretty cool. I'm not, you know what? Right now, we take our garbage, we throw it in, it gets gunky and everything else, and you don't really want to squeeze it, but you take the bags and you kind of pull it together and you give it a little push, yeah. and, you know, and you're kind of blowing a little you know, smelly air back at you and it doesn't smell too sweet. Titan is a trash compactor. It's about 199 pounds, which is, it's almost $400, but it is a hygienic, hygienic compact system. You pull a handle, push it down. It will naturally compact your garbage for you. Take, you know, and you, we waste so much space when it comes to using waste specifically waste and waste. I, that was a bad, uh, double analogy. So basically Titan is this garbage compactor. It won't tear your garbage bag. It basically will also replace the odor filter. So you don't get that terrible smell coming back at you. So if you're having a problem with your garbage can, Titan is an option. Of course, for $400, I'm sure you might be able to use your money a little more effectively. Yeah, I know, but it's basically doing that same thing that the garbage truck does. Yeah, you just just compacts everything down, it down, yeah, and it, gets rid of the smell. It gets rid of the smell. It has a filter system specific right in it that you can be able to filter. Now you should be recycling. Don't get me wrong; like there's a lot of elements that you should, garbage maybe wouldn't shouldn't be that big. But if you do have a lot of garbage in a household, this is an option that can help you compact it and squeeze a little more space out of your garbage bag. Tech Talk. We do this every Friday, at eleven thirty-five. Brought to you by our good friends at Hamilton Limousine. We'll see you next week. Yeah, thanks, Bill. The Bill Kelly Show. Weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.